Four of the six games in the Pac-12 this weekend have double-digit point spreads right now. So is anybody on upset alert in those games? Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play by play broadcaster. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions, which is why, if you haven't already, please like, comment, and subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching the show. Greatly helps with the show. We just hit 1,100 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Thank you all for making that happen. And my thanks to the man who gives me a not totally deserved round of applause. But I'll, but I'll, I'll take it. You know, it's absolutely it's, it's deserved. A, it's a nice, it's a nice sentiment. Richie Bradshaw, the host of Locked on Sun Devils. He's on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts talking about ASU, who will come up on the show today. But Maybe not in the best light for uh, for ASU fans, but Richie, it's good to have you on with the UCLA-Washington game on, on Friday. That means we're doing Trap Thursday here on a Wednesday. Yes, absolutely. We got to we gotta get ahead of this schedule right now so we can talk about uh, these these six games that are coming up. That This really does look like a pretty fun slate of games, but like you mentioned, there's not one that really, really sticks out as like a true upset alert. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there, and let's start with the games that that have the potential for that. I, I think if I had to pick between you know three of them for a, a potential upset, maybe Colorado can pull a rabbit out of a hat at Arizona. They're a 17 and a half point underdog against an Arizona team that just lost by 18 points on the road. They are coming back home that game in Tucson. Stanford at Oregon, minus 17 for the Ducks there at Autzen Stadium, where they've won 21 in a row, and the Cardinal have struggled as of late, though the Cardinal and the Ducks play a lot of crazy, crazy games. And then the other one, uh, Oregon State at Utah, 10.5-point spread there. Why don't we begin with with that Beavs utes game? Because this is a game that Oregon State won last year, and I think Jonathan Smith is a good coach. I sung his praises here on the show. I thought they would beat USC. They were right there yeah, until the, until the very end. I mean, they went toe to toe with a top ten caliber team, and that's very telling. But they did that at home, and, and I think when you look at this slate of games, someone might reasonably say, "Well, that could be that could be a potential upset." I could see Oregon State winning that game. I won't say it's the least likely thing in the world, but home field advantage in college football, we know, Richie, it's a big deal. And Utah's got a great one there in Salt Lake City. And they lost to the Beavs last year. So everybody who was on the team a season ago for the Utes has got that little bit of revenge on their minds, even though they were the conference champions a season ago. I, I'm not saying it's the least likely thing in the world, but I, I struggle to look at this and say Oregon State could do more than uh, than get a cover here as a 10.5-point underdog. I think that seems like a best-case scenario. And again, it's like you said, and it's like I will repeat, this isn't like a hate towards Oregon State at all. They are a more than quality program. They're they're a very good team. They're three and one on the year. They've got a great offense. They've got a great mentality. They've they've got so many fun pieces. Like obviously great everyone secondary. Knows. Their yes. secondary is amazing. Yes, it is. And then of course you got college football's greatest player in Jack Coletto. Just <laughs> so much fun. But no, I going to Salt Lake City is 
it feels like a death sentence for just about any team in college football with the way Utah has played pretty much the last five to six years. It's just Utah's on a whole other plane of existence when they are playing at home. And it's so difficult to go there and pick up a win. And look, if, if Oregon State did win, I wouldn't be the most surprised in the world because, again, they beat them last year. This is a very well-coached team. But I I don't know if if I had to take one of these games to be an upset game, it's not Oregon State-Utah. Yeah, I, I feel confident in uh, the Utes. We'll see, you know, what uh, what emerges for my Pac-12 prime picks this week, which I, I'm starting to feel the heat on a weekly basis here, Richie. Three winning weeks in a row. I, I don't know if I've ever done that in my time as a sports talk host picking games. And you so, better knock on wood right now. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, that's a good point. That's a very, very good point. But it, it's, it's tempting for me to look at that half-point hook, and if it stank, stays around, say, yeah, maybe Oregon State can get get that cover there. They're capable, but like you said, Utah at home, man, they're they're good. And that loss to Florida was uncharacteristic. And I actually think now that the season continues to play out and we see what Florida is and what they are not, I think if that game is played in just week two or week three, I think Utah is able to get that win because they were the better team that day. They just didn't execute in the red zone. You should be punished for that in the rankings and whatnot because wins and losses still need to matter as it pertains to where you stand on, on the national level. But I, I still feel really good about Utah. I liked them coming into the year. And I think so far they've taken care of business as they did to your Sun Devils over the weekend. That's it was a game. Politely. Yeah, yeah they, uh, they, they took it to them. That was uh, kind of expected. I didn't have it in the Pac-12 prime picks because I looked at it and said, man, it's a big line on the road, and I just don't know with an interim head coach. I was, I had a suspicion, but I wasn't fully confident in, yeah, that team is just going to be de facto punting on the year. But after that game, Richie, unfortunately it feels that way for Arizona State, doesn't it, that this is just going to be, you know, look ahead to beat Colorado to avoid what would maybe be an embarrassment, even more so than Eastern Michigan perhaps. And, and beat Arizona, right? I mean, that that's all ASU's got to look forward to now, right? Pretty much, man. Like, I I try to be as optimistic as I can, but I'm not afraid to be, I, I don't know if I want to call it pessimistic, but, like, more realistic with this team right now. And there's, there's not a lot to really bank off of. Emory Jones just is not taking that step forward that you're hoping he could. Um, part, I still just don't understand why he's not running more. I thought that was going to change a little bit with a new coach calling the plays, and that still just hasn't been the case. So until he wants to take that step forward as that dynamic runner that we know he can be, I just have a hard time putting a lot of faith in the offense to be anything more than one-dimensional with X Valade, who you can take out of the game like Utah did, not because he's bad, but because you stack the box and you tell ASU, beat us over the top, and they can't. Defensively, it's back-to-back terrible weeks for them. Like the the defense you saw in the first two weeks is completely gone. They are a shell of their former selves. And I just don't understand. And here's the crazy thing. You have had at least one interception in every single game this year, which includes this past week against Cameron Rising. You're doing nothing with them. I don't, I don't know if we have any points off of those turnovers. We might have had a touchdown against NAU when Chris Edmonds should have had a pick six, but there was a uh, block in the back down the field. Other than that, 
I don't know if you've really capitalized on any of your turnovers this year. You're going in the USC this week. If you get a turnover, that feels like about the biggest one you're going to get on that field. I don't think Caleb Williams has thrown an interception yet this year. And if he hasn't, then he's not going to in this game. Jordan Addison's going to rip you apart. And the USC defense is a lot better than we anticipated it being. So Arizona State doesn't really have a shot here. Unlike before the season when I said this was my upset pick, I felt a lot more confident about the team back then than I do now. Whatever the spread is, uh, when I initially looked at the beginning of the week, it was like 25. I'm sure it's grown a little bit since then. Just take USC to cover. It, it's 26, and I, I will say that is a leading candidate because this is in the Coliseum to be in my Pac-12 prime picks this week. That That is certainly not one where I have any inclination whatsoever of this could be a trap game for USC. They're coming home. I actually, as I spell this out in my head, it's a likely candidate to be one of my uh, one of my betting picks this week. They're coming home off of a week where the offense struggled against a defeated and demoralized team that couldn't beat Eastern Michigan and has an interim head coach. I've got a coach who's never been a Power 5 coordinator on the ASU sideline on the road against Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. That could get really, really ugly. If you wanted to bet that game, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, Go Mariners, MMA, boxing, and my personal favorite, golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. So we're in agreement, Richie. ASU not going to be a, a team that has USC in one of those uh, trap games this week. No, and uh, I, I think we said this before we started recording. If USC loses this game, kick them out of the top 25, border, borderline <laughs> kick them out of the Pac-12. I mean, that, that well, we've that already accomplished, we've already accomplished that. Yeah. We've, we've already we've already accomplished that in, in, in two years time somehow. Less us kicking them out and more, you know, or entirely them deciding to leave. But yeah, we we'll, don't want we'll, them anyway. So, <laughs> well, that's a conversation for for another day. But. I just I don't them, so <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you're not the only person who who feels that way. And I, I'm sure the Trojan fans will be hopping in the YouTube comments saying, well, we don't need the Pac-12. and We don't need this. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm just going to let that sort of stuff play out. But let's go. go to the let's go to the games, Richie, that could be poised to be a, a trap game of sorts in that one team is heavily favored, but the other team might sneak up. You never know. Let's start with with U of A. They play host to Colorado. They're a 17 and a half point favorite. They lost by 18 at Cal last week. Offense looked pretty good. I don't care which team you are in the Pac-12. You put up 31 points on the Bears since Wilcox has been there. That's a good showing offensively. It was only seven points in the second half. They had 24 in the first. But again, that total should be enough to win you a game against the California Golden Bears. Excuse me. And then it wasn't because the defense kind of crumbled there and, and just couldn't stop Jaden Ott, who ran wild for 274 yards. So now Arizona comes back home with a lot of optimism around the program, as there should be, already two wins this year. They could go over their season win total this week against the Buffaloes, who are 0-4. 
they've turned to Owen McCown, the uh, son, I believe, of Josh McCown, or he's related to him somehow. I think he's his son. They were showing him on the broadcast last week, but I had it muted when I was watching at the time. He's their quarterback now. It's not JT Shroud. It's not Brendan Lewis. I, I, I just struggle. Colorado is 0-4 against the spread this year, and they've been big underdogs every week. They were a two-touchdown underdog the first week against TCU, and the Horned Frogs covered. They have been uh, they were a 17.5-point road underdog against Air Force. The Falcons covered. They were a big underdog at Minnesota. I think it was 27.5. They covered. They were a 21.5-point. Home underdog to UCLA, Bruins covered. I struggle to look and find the week where Colorado is going to be able to hang around, but no one goes 0-12 against the spread, Richie. That is not a thing. No one goes 12-0. No team goes 0-12. Vegas is too smart for that. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I don't know why, just like a law of averages to maybe put them in the picks this week because... I see 17 and a half. I'm like, can, can you just put up a couple, a couple points, you, you know, j- just a few on an Arizona defense that is not yet ready to consistently contend at a high level. But that Colorado offense hasn't given me a, a lot of hope for, for that selection, but it's a lot of points for Arizona, even though the game is in Tucson. I, I, I'm debating right now whether or not they could cover, but do you see this at all as a situation where Colorado could pull what would now be a major upset of, of the Arizona Wildcats? Well, before before we get that into detail, uh, for what it's worth, Colorado has played four great teams because good teams win, great teams cover, <laughs> and all of those teams have covered. So Colorado has played some good. really good teams. <laughs> yeah, they, really they have teams, I should they, say they have played. That's the saving grace for Colorado, right? Is they've played four good teams. UCLA should be an eight to nine or perhaps 10 win team this season. They've got a big game against Washington and then Minnesota Air Force TCU. Those are all respectable power five or group of five programs. But I, I, that I might still... be your playoff. Let's be honest. That might be your <laughs> college football playoff. I, I still just haven't seen anything from Colorado. I, I don't think Arizona gets tripped up here in the win-loss department. Could I foresee Colorado w- with a cover? Y- yeah, sure. But I, I think Arizona is just further along. And just their offense is going to be able to score more than Colorado's, even though Arizona's defense is still a, a year or two away from, from being good. They've shown some promise. They came through with stops when they needed to against North Dakota State, but Arizona's offense is light years ahead of Colorado's. Yep, and that was that's what I was about to bring up is like even if U of A's defense is terrible in this game, and Colorado puts up you know like a like a season high like ten points or something, but if they if they are playing U of A and Jaden Delora is on his game, it's not going to matter how many points that the Buffaloes put up because U of A is going to put up more. They're just head and shoulders, a better offense. Agreed. They've got 10 times a better quarterback, better coaching. Jed fish has been actually pretty dang solid this year, considering what he brought from last year, obviously, but no, uh, this, and it's in Tucson. So again, like when we talked at the beginning of the show, of these six games, there's not really a single game that stands out to me as like upset special. 
I guess maybe this game, but I still don't know that I would go that far. No, no, I'm I'm not going to go that far. No, it, U of A should cover and pretty comfortably as long as Jaden Delore is on his game, which I mean, despite a few interceptions here and there, for the most part, he's been pretty darn good this year. I think the way Arizona would get upset, and and I just don't foresee this because there's too much offensive firepower. I, I mean, Delora is developing a really nice relationship with Teteroa McMillan, the highest rated recruit in program history. He's Michael a true Wiley's freshman. Michael really good. Yep, and, and, and T-Mac is making an impact right away. Jacob Cowing in, uh, in the passing game as well. Delora is hitting these guys, and the offense looks – pretty good for the most part I think that offensive line maybe needs uh, another year to really you know reach their potential but Dolores putting up solid numbers and they're they're scoring and that's just something they couldn't do a year ago and that's why I was you know higher on Arizona than a season ago when they got Dolores because I'm looking at it going well the biggest thing they the biggest issue they had last year was a revolving door of poor quarterback play and now they've got a guy who I know can win in the Pac-12 and lo and behold he certainly looks like he can. I, I think they get their first Pac-12 win of the season uh, against Colorado. I, I do not foresee a stumble there. What about Stanford and Oregon, in your view, Richie? And, and by the way, Cal Arizona State uh, doesn't fall into the category of a potential trap game because if it's a single-digit line, that's not a that's not a trap game. A trap Cal is Wazoo. a team. Yeah, Cal at Wazoo. Cougars are, are, are four-point favorites. We'll we'll get to that. Uh, but first, I want to talk about Stanford and Oregon, because last year, Oregon had a much better roster than Stanford. They were in Palo Alto. They were favored and they lost. And it is not the only time that Oregon has lost a game to Stanford that they should that they should have won. However, the last time the Cardinal won a Pac-12 game, Richie, and this is not a great stat for Stanford fans, was that Oregon game a season ago. They were three and nine last year. They're one and two this year. They haven't been in a tight competitive game in their two Pac-12 battles so far with USC and Washington. I I again feel pretty good about Oregon here at home just because the the Ducks coming off of a win where they escaped Pullman with a victory a week ago now come back home and, and are probably going to be determined to make that sort of statement of, yeah, we are better than what we showed in the first half of, of last week. And, and they've also been, you know, really good at odds and 21 straight wins. And if they can beat BYU in that building, then I feel like they should be able to hold on against the Stanford team. And then some that has really struggled on both sides of the ball. There's going to be a few factors that come into play in this game. The first one off the top of my head, which Bo Nicks are you getting? Because if you get good Bo Nix, you're going to win this game by 20 points. If you get bad Bo Nix, you could lose this game. You absolutely could lose this game. Bo Nix has got to be one of the most volatile college football players I've ever seen. Not this year, not at Oregon, not at Auburn, just in general. The dude, like, you, your team lives and dies, wins and loses with Bo Nix. So which Bo Nix is going to show up? He's been pretty much the same thing that he's been at Auburn. He's had some good games. He's had some really bad games. Second thing, Stanford is coming off a bye week, a very early bye week. I'm, I've never been a huge believer in you come off a bye week and you just come out and dominate your next opponent. 
But Stanford, for what it's worth, did get an extra week to prepare for its first Pac-12 game, and it's going to want to come out and prove for its se- the for world. its second. I think they had an extra week before that's the Washington right. game. They played they played right. USC, but that's a great point. That was what they showed off a of bye, and mm-hmm. they were on the road at Washington, but. The offense struggled, and the defense couldn't slow down Michael Penix, who had another 300-yard day. Yeah, no, 100%. Look, at you made me look dumb on my own show. Unbelievable. <laughs> by, by the way, I took the show over. So, <laughs> uh, the, the last thing that I think you got to take into account here is Tanner McKee. He's not been good this year, but he looked really good to start the year last year before he kind of fell apart. This is a guy that people still have a lot of faith and hope in to kind of turn things around. This would be the game for Tanner McKee to turn his fortune around and prove himself to be the high caliber quarterback that he was in that recruiting class. That was, I believe his recruiting class was also Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and JT Daniels. Like he had just taken like a mission trip or something. Cause he's Mormon, but I believe he was in that recruiting class and he was highly recruited and he's got some weapons. I mean, Benjamin Eurosec is a stud. They're not getting him as involved as much as they probably should. I don't know if he's banged up and that's why, but they've got some guys there. EJ Smith isn't a terrible running back either. He's got almost no, he's seven good. years. Of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, there, there's a lot of factors in this game. So looking at the schedule, I guess, this is my upset pick. I'm not confident about it at all. I think Oregon is just, they're, they're prepared. I, they scored 27 points in the fourth quarter last week. 29. That's a team. Was it 29? Yeah. 29, four, yeah. four touchdowns, including a pick six, pick six plus a, a two point conversion. It was pretty, it was pretty wild. And Bo Nix went for a career high, 426 yards and led him back to a pretty miraculous and improbable win. And if you get, 400 plus yard Bo Nix in this game, then that will be uh, the good Bo Nix you alluded to that would allow Oregon to win. If you're looking to hire people, the place you want to go is LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go on LinkedIn, post your job, then add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are looking for workers. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So, Richie, let's go and uh, and close today talking about the, the two single-digit lines that we've got this week, which I think can both be really good games. Friday, and that's why we're doing, you know, typically it's Trap Thursday, but we're doing it today on Wednesday's show because on Friday we've got a big game in the Pac-12. I mean, a, a, a really massive tone-setting game for both programs for the rest of the season. UCLA and Washington – that's UCLA uh, plus three at home. So the Huskies favored on the road down in the Rose Bowl uh, this Friday, that game on ESPN. And then Cal at Washington. home field advantage yeah. plus three. <laughs> uh, it's it's a tempting pick for, for the Pac-12 prime picks to be sure. But 
I don't know, that one feels uh, like it could really, really go either way and hinge on just a couple plays. And then Cal at Washington State. Let's start with the Huskies and, and the Bruins. It's such a big game for both programs because UCLA has the 4-0 start that, that I thought they might have coming into this year. They haven't looked the way that they were supposed to in those games until, I think, Colorado, which was far from perfect. They missed a fourth down conversion that stopped them from having a bigger halftime lead. But at the end of the day, Ethan Garbers played a good chunk of the quarterback position in the second half for, for the Bruins, and that's indicative of how the game went. So they have to have some momentum coming into it. You, you flush the near nightmare of losing to South Alabama at home, and now you go into this game against the Huskies, I think if UCLA wins this game, number one, they're certainly in the top 25. I'm sure but, they aren't already. Um, I, I'm not. Their schedule's been really weak. I, I think you've got teams out there. I think Washington State has a better case for being in the top 25 or or, or Oregon State, frankly. Kansas UCLA. should be there, but, you know, I'm Is I'm Kansas not, a, not? Wait, is Kansas nope. not? Oh, nope. that's ridiculous. That's or no, first place in the Big 12. You've beaten Houston, 25. Duke, and West Virginia. And you don't get in the, oh, that's, that's, that's absurd. We need an entire yep. episode just to rip AP voters a new one. Yeah, but, exactly. But Hot this bond is, was locked on big 12. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think this is a bigger game for UCLA than it is for Washington. Not that it's not a big game for the Huskies, but for the Bruins, you get the chance to prove to people that you've arrived as a really good team that could be a dark horse to win the conference this year. I think people are going to feel that way about Washington, regardless of how this game goes. It's their first road game uh, of the season, not the toughest road environment to go and play in down there at, at the Rose Bowl. What are your thoughts heading into the showdown on Friday night? It truly feels like a pick em. Like, I don't know that you can go wrong either way. Washington has proven to be an outstanding program. Michael Penix is out of his mind this year. Like, I, I as much as I love Cameron Rising... I think I would tell you Penix has been the second best quarterback in the Pac-12 only behind Caleb Williams. And I'm about as big a Cameron Rising fan as you're going to find. But Penix is insane. And the way that, uh, oh my gosh, the head coach came from Fresno State. Kalen DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer. The way that DeBoer's got him playing right now, they're a very confident football team. Yes. But UCLA is not going to roll over. They're playing in Pasadena in the Rose Bowl. That's a pretty good home field advantage for the Bruins. Dorian Thompson Robinson is also very good this year. Eight touchdowns, one interception, doing a little bit of work on the ground. They've got this running back. I don't know if you've ever heard of him named uh, Zach Charbonnet. He's and pretty good. he's, yeah, he, he's pretty darn good. So they, this, I'm hoping this is a shootout. I hope I turn on it my TV be. on Friday night and I see like a 45 to 42 final. It has all the makings of that for two reasons. Number one, what game has UCLA been a part of with Chip Kelly at the helm and Dorian Thompson Robinson as the quarterback since they've become competitive where it wasn't a shootout? I mean, right. Come, come on now. Like that's they just held a team that, under 40. Their <laughs> yeah, that's that's really their mantra on defense. Just hold them under 40 and we'll put up 38 or more and <laughs> and go home and go home with a W. That that's the Chip exactly. Kelly way. But the Bruins defense has not really taken a big step forward with uh, Bill McGovern. The defensive coordinator comes down from the NFL ranks. And I, I think that's prone to allowing Washington to do what they do best. And that is sling the pigskin around the field. And you look at the weapons that Penix has got, the chemistry he has with them, the throws he's making. The other thing that's impressive too, 
about DeBoer at Washington is not just that they're winning, but how they're winning. Right. I, I mean, Stanford walked in there thinking, hey, maybe this is a little renaissance season. We're coming off a bye. I thought going into the year that'd be a game Stanford could win. But then going into it, after watching the first three weeks, I said, no, I'll take Washington minus 13 and a half. And Washington covered minus 13 and a half. Great team. Yes. <laughs> Good teams win. Great teams cover. That's the rule. Exactly. Richie knows and understands. But I think that when you look at Washington, they're such a well-coached team so far because they get off to fast starts and they execute and everything looks fluid and together and you don't have guys running into each other. You don't have a seemingly anemic offense. They're explosive. They're, they're versatile, multiple. I, I like a lot of what DeBoer is doing so far. He's off to an impressive start. Let's wrap up today, Richie, with the other game, which along with, with the Huskies and uh, the Bruins on Friday night might be the best game of the weekend in the Pac-12. Again, relatively lower stakes than, than Washington and UCLA, but on Saturday, the most competitive game we see across the conference might very well be Cal at Washington State. A couple of teams that, for different reasons, would really love to get a win, and it could do a lot of good things. Washington State, get your confidence back. Prove to yourself that you were that it was not a fluke that you played well against Oregon and that you beat Wisconsin, which I don't think it is. But if you lose this game, it's almost like losing three times on the season because it compounds that sting of, boy, we let that one get away from us against Oregon, and then we came back and lost at home the, the next week. Meanwhile, for Cal, you've got a Pac-12 win to start conference play. Doesn't matter who it's against at this point for the Golden Bears. That's where you want to be. The record's 3-1. and one. You go to 4 quietly 3-1. Very, yeah, very quietly 3-1 and because they didn't have an amazing non-conference schedule, but that loss at Notre Dame... I know it's not a good Notre Dame team, but it's still a pretty good loss overall. And they lost 24-17 in that one. A lot of momentum on the line here for those two programs in that one. 100%. No, and Cal's coming off a game where, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier. They they looked pretty dang good against U of A. They did. And I, I mean, uh, quarterback, give me one second. Jack uh, Jack, Plummer. Jack Plummer. All things considered, he hasn't been that terrible. I mean, he's completing sixty-one yeah, percent of his passes, eight touchdowns, two picks. Yeah. He's not he's not outstanding. He's getting the job done. Jaden Ott is a very good running back. Yeah, Jay, over yeah, he eight yards good. a carry this year. So they've got offensive firepower. It's gonna be a matter of, you know, classic Washington. Will you be able to keep up with the Cougars? Because they're just I said Washington, Washington State. I, I get mad when people refer to Arizona as, or Arizona State as Arizona. So I apologize from the bottom of my heart. Like that, that was not cool, <laughs> even <laughs> accidentally. I, that's why I almost always say Wazoo is just to avoid that. Yeah, it's easier. Yeah. Washington yeah. And Wazoo. That's who, it, yes. that's, that's who's up there. Yep. And, and then Wazoo has another really good quarterback. The Pac 12 has so many good quarterbacks this year. They really do. It's, it's really top tier. Yes. A lot of transfers, but a lot of guys playing really well. And then there's Emory Jones somewhere way back there. He's just chilling. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's been hate it tough, here. Tough, tough sled for the Sun Devils so far. Brighter days will be on the horizon, my friend. Richie Bradshaw. Locked on Sun Devils on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And at Richie Brads with a Z36 on Twitter. Richie, good to talk to you as always, man. And, and to sum up, everybody, not looking like there's a, a dead obvious trap game. But, hey, we've been we, we've been wrong before. It happens. But we're both feeling confident in uh, the favorites this week. Richie, good to talk to you. 
Good to talk to you. You know what? Now that I look at it, I took the home team for every single game. I don't know about you. Home team is favorite. Home home team is favored in every game except Washington and UCLA, where the Huskies are three point road favorites. Every other home team is is favored this week. I think the home teams will. Uh, I think the home teams are going to be going home happy uh, yeah. this week. But time will tell. We will get to the football later this week. Make sure you like and subscribe if you haven't already, because a lot more talk coming about UCLA and Washington on Friday and the games this Saturday as well. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time. And as always, have a wonderful rest of your day.